God, that's a hard question. I hate you for that. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Opus Podcast. This is our podcast, Unraveling Songs. My name is Josh Kumar. And I'm Lana Hogato. Y'all already know what it is. This is our Indie Otter Spotlight, where we bring you the best and the brightest that the streets have to offer. And folks, coming at you from the great city of Philadelphia, we got one of them today. He is a singer, musician, producer. He does it all himself. Please get about for Lukey. Yay. <laughs> Appreciate the intro, guys. It means a lot. Yeah. yeah thanks for coming thanks, on. Thanks for being here today. So I want to start out like we bring on a lot of Lana's friends. Uh, I just want to start with from the audience. How did you guys meet? Like when did you guys uh, start collaborating? Let me think about it. So, so I think Lana and I met like very briefly at some type of function that had to do with like the respective Filipino organizations we were in in college. So for context, I went to Temple University. Uh, during my undergrad, I was very involved with like the Filipino org there and they would hold events and like mixers with other Filipino orgs and stuff like that. Um, kind of a common thread between a lot of like, you know, the Fil- Filipino community around this area. Um, and just over time, I think I think it might have been a show I did at Rowan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back in like 2019. Um, uh, she, I think you were also a performer, too, right? No, I was there to watch my brother who goes to. Oh Rowan. wow! Yeah, yeah. sorry. Story. Yeah. Little... No, but I, I was. Yeah, I, I remember I watched you and how everyone was like so like everybody knew all your songs and they were like so hyped about your music and I was like, dang, like this guy, this guy's really bringing all the people together. And then I was like, I'm gonna talk to him after the show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And then you were really nice. And then I think we followed each other on Instagram yeah. later. And now now we're here yeah just like random things after that like i think uh you went to a show of mine not too long ago um and just like we we do have mutual friends too but um yeah it was only recently like we we, started like just kind of talking and reconnecting over music again but Mm -hmm. yeah so when it comes to your music your artistry sort of uh how do you like factor in like filipino culture do you feel like that enters into your like scape when are you creating and all yeah, absolutely. Um, so being a first gen Filipino American, I immigrated here when I was two years old. Uh, just me and my mom and my dad. Um, and then my siblings were born here in the U.S. So um, I think a lot of like the source material with like my writing when it comes to the stories and narratives I, I try to put to the music is based on just the the, the sheer experience, like the experience I had. Um, as a as a Philam, uh, growing up in a mostly Caucasian uh, suburban hometown, that is Pottstown, Pennsylvania. So that's like maybe an hour away from Philly. Uh, but yeah, just uh, with the amount of uh, unique perspectives I've been able to come across from just friends I made back there, and then when I moved to the city, um, uh, a lot of it is just accumulative of like. Uh, the the songwriting and I think uh, the Filipino culture aspect of it all um, definitely makes its way even in small parts even if it's like um, a small phrase in Tagalog which is the Filipino uh, main uh, one of the main languages and dialects of 
of the Philippines. And um, just like, you know, speaking on my experience with um, finding confidence and self-love and just being myself in a landscape that I, that didn't really look like me. And then even in like the media, I couldn't find too much to relate to other than like, you know, your typical YouTubers back in like the 2010 to like 2015 golden age of just like these Asian faces um, mm-hmm. all around. I'm sure you, you're familiar, you guys, you two are familiar with some of them, but yeah, that was like one of the first instances of how I've like been able to identify the the culture that I, I so proudly now wear in the music and I'm still growing and still learning so much about it, deconstructing it, demystifying anything that might have felt like I wasn't this enough. Like, I think that's another thing too. I want to quickly speak on is like, I've always had this duality of um, be, being obviously here in the U S there's a, a by virtue, I, a common thread of many immigrants too, I think, or just, children children of immigrant parents they feel as if they're not their culture enough and then to to the, to like their family right but then when it comes to being ourselves to our like say uh you know white friends or whatever it's like we're too filipino for them or to whatever uh ethnicity mm-hmm. that we are and it's like it wasn't until like maybe recently um in the past few years that i've been able to find the happy uh, medium where i find peace and like I don't need to be either or enough because I, I am enough. You know what I mean? And I think that's a super important sentiment I want to like come across with in the music and stuff. So, yes. Yeah. It always, it always starts with like believing in yourself. Like I am enough, you know? Absolutely. Um, how, how would you say that like that's reflected in your meat? Like, do you have any examples of how that would be reflected in your music? Yeah. I mean, um, it may not be like super like upfront or uh, transparent in that regard, but when it comes to like, say I have a song called Acura um, that is, it's, it's a typical like fun indie pop song with like references to, to like romance and just like confidence. Acura, take a spin on the back row with your hands flying out the window with your nothing but my lips. I'll pick you up. I got you. I got you. I got you. I'll pick you up. I got you. I got you. But a lot of it um, stems from a real place of like navigating, um, just like being myself, not only just in the 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 ethnic identity situation, but it's also just like my personal tastes as uh, a person, like. I, I in the song I say um they're like Dwayne I'm more like Michael Sarah which is a reference to like I haven't always been the most like physically fit growing up mm-hmm. like I felt like I was like the more weird awkward <laughs> indie kid or whatever mm-hmm. um, and like I just illustrate that like I'm definitely um identify with a lot more alternative tastes of like just art and me- media and music in general Mm-hmm. But not to say that I can't like be relatable in that sense. And so like just small instances of that, of like kind of illustrating that, like I always felt like an outcast or outsider, but through the language of music and creating that and then seeing the crazy response, like uh, Lana was saying with the, that, that particular gig that we met at um, with people like knowing the words 
And then even like most recently, I had a, the blessing and a privilege to perform in Arizona for a college out there. And like, obviously post pandemic, post lockdown, mm-hmm. uh, being able to do that. And like these kids know your word. It's like, of course I don't need the validation, but man, there's nothing else like that. And making it uh, like re- being able to uh, fully execute what that was and see, feel seen. And now these other kids also feel seen and relate in a way like I'm like, it's like excuse me, it's like writing a, a narrative that like doesn't exist. And then people identify that's, I don't know, there's something so cosmic about that, you know? Um, yeah, no, that's beautiful, man. Uh, I got to like stop you though. Cause I got to ask what college in Arizona, uh, I went to school uh, out there. Sure. So. No way. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was just a uh, university of, uh, Arizona or uh, no, Arizona state, excuse me. Yo, my boy, my boy. <laughs> hey. You went to Arizona state. Yeah. I went to ASU <laughs> Sunday. ASU. Hey. Oh, dang man, yeah sick. wait where were you performing at like it, it was um so it's a organization called CISA or the southeast asian uh student association something like that oh, if i'm butchering sick. that and if you're yeah, from yeah. ASU, i'm sorry but yeah really cool people's there uh this this dude named cyrus reached out um they're like i think they're, they're more on the younger side i'm um, mm-hmm. a little you know a little older on that front um but yeah like reached out said they were fans and uh was able to have the the very very incredible privilege to just do my thing out there and it was just so surreal to watch um just up front like what like for me as like someone who grew up not feeling like or expecting anything of that caliber of just being able to be myself and the work that I planted years ago has manifested to do that. Like, it's just crazy. And I, um, I'm still processing all of that to this day. And it's like a, a very humble honor to be doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. So That's so sure. cool. That's really awesome. I'm very happy that you got to do that. Uh, Thank you. Like, it's also just really cool to see, like, you know, somebody who's just tra- like we have we're on a real like string right now, like cool minority guests, uh, particularly like credit. Asian guests now that I'm thinking about it um but uh one thing that I think is really cool and like going back to where you're sort of saying like we kind of did lack that representation for a while and this is I think now like the first generation of like Asian artists that are really like starting to pop through uh Mm -hmm. and really take advantage of what like you know the internet social media has to offer and like come through there Mm -hmm. but one thing that's like really and I think about this a lot like when I'm listening to some of my artists metatextually is like part of what makes them relatable is the fact that they they're talking about like you know, vo- giving voice to like that feeling of being an outcast, like not really um, being able to fit in and stuff like that. Right. And then, you know, you don't really realize until you have like a full group of people, of, like how many people actually relate to that sentiment there. In a way, I think that's like, like everybody in some sort of sense feels like an outsider, right? Like there's a story about um, the Beatles and like all four of them were just sort of talking about like, oh, you know, I always thought that like you three all got along really together and I was sort of the weird one. And yeah, it was like literally all of them. Yeah. Um, But it gets like a whole new layer when it's like, oh, well, you know, it's not just like a feeling here, but it's also like, you know, skin tone, like an ethnicity, a culture that I have this difference from here. Uh, And so like, you know, all that to say, it's just really cool to see somebody who's like coming up, uh, you know, from the community being able to succeed on like such a good scale and, uh, you know, give voice to those frustrations and all that. 
Um, and just sort of like when you're thinking about creating and stuff like that, uh, how much does that sort of factor in? It's like a conscious decision or is it more sort of just like unconscious, like, you know, that's just like kind of a part of me, but I'm going to create and I'm not going to really like, you know, try to make something for like, you know, the, the Filipino person. I'm just going to make something that everybody can listen to. And, you know, if they really rock with my music because they're from my culture, that's awesome, too. For sure. I appreciate this question so much because um, my process shifts and changes and evolves so much, especially since I started. Um, I would say before it was all I would say unconscious in a way that like I kind of just let it all out. I throw up everything. If I'm in a session with a friend or even just with myself, I don't care how stupid the idea is. It's a if it's an idea, it's not we just do execute it. If it's bad later on, fine. It's cool. It's all practice. You know what I mean? It's like it's like exercise. Like if you had a bad workout, it was still like worth it because you 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 actually did it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um at the time of like I'd say like 2019, I, I would just like make stuff that I like. So like my influences range from like a lot of indie alternative, but also like RB electronic uh jazz whatever it might be right like frank ocean tori Imoa, daft punk uh mm-hmm. joni mitchell even and just so so many like different names i could throw out um i'm just a a, a, com- a culmination of all that um and i try to proudly do it in a way that is very uh, unapologetically me mm-hmm. um so i think there, there has been power in just doing it just to try and experiment especially when i was just starting out at that time you know um but now uh, I would say um, there's definitely more intention and definitely more thought put into, especially with this newer material um, that I'm currently working on. Uh, I am not really uh, trying to pander too much. I'm just solely, again, com- still with the same mantra of being un- unapologetically me, but just in a more focused and strategic approach, if that makes sense. Like, I, I really care about songwriting. I really care about um, melody and and chord progressions and how these por- chord progressions make one feel like um, someone who I really admire uh, just like just growing up and whatever like is like Pharrell and then obviously someone who is also influenced by Pharrell is Tyler Creator both of them are obsessed with chords and I've identified with that because the movement of music and just the way things kind of flow influence and inform absolutely how one just feels and if that feeling invokes some something like that's bigger than the song or even me itself like that's at least even just partly the reason why I do this I I not it, it could be moved emotionally you could be moved in the way of like I, I want to change this or you could just be dancing if you're moving that way that's all I, I really uh care about as long as it's moving you in some sort of way and I think I think that all art does that anyhow. And to, for me to contribute that in my my way is just a humble uh, you know, privilege to be even just doing this in the first place. I, I wanted to like go, cause um, you know, ask about how you got your start. Yeah, growing up, uh, I was always surrounded by music. You know, my mom and dad being Filipino, both singers, but more specifically, they were also worship leaders in the church. So I was surrounded by that culture all my life. And um, thankfully, and, and, and this is just a very deep life thing. Like I'm, I'm so grateful that they didn't push anything onto me and allowed me to like figure things out on my own as far as like even just life, uh, spirituality, uh, just everything in that manner. But um, yeah, I was involved with like music in the church for a long time, did choir, 
stuff like that. But, you know, even outside of that, I was always just into creating even like before music, I, I just like drawing and, and creating pixel art and, and all that type of stuff. Cause like, that was just like the stuff I was into. But then when it came to music, like, you know, I really didn't take it seriously until like, like late middle school, early high school, where like I had my first iPod touch. Um, You're I making was... it sound like that's late in life. That's literally <laughs> like in middle school. Yeah, back when I was a grizzled <laughs> veteran in the eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people be telling their stories and like, oh, I grew up with a piano, mm. whatever. But you know, um, anyway. Yeah, so like I, of course, like, you know, grew up with my dad listening to like Black Sabbath and the Beatles and and you know all that grand funk railroad all that stuff and then um for myself i i like i remember hearing like just random bits of music over time until like i heard daft punk for the first time and i was like this is so sick it's like like it's like electronic music but it's done in a way that's like not like what you know typical edm is these days but in, in that time frame that i was listening i was just like just really obsessed with electronic music and then like you know I was like heavy into like gorillas. And then this is also my, my uh, phase of like, you know, listening to uh, Pierce the Veil, Sleeping with Sirens. So there's this like kind of more, I don't know, I don't want to label it as like emo or alt, but like, yeah, I'd had that just appreciation for like really hard hitting music. And then what really sparked the interest to actually make music is um the YouTubers that I was talking about. So like, one of my idols growing up was AJ Raphael, which is like one of the most like renowned like singer songwriters of the, I'd say the YouTube Asian creator era, not just Asian, but like just in general, like uh, creators in, uh, on YouTube during like late 2000s to early 2010s were really killing it with the independent stuff. And then that's uh, stemmed to, uh, or that good, get, got into like, uh, people like David Choi, Jesse Barrera, Gabe Onduk, uh, Kina Grannis, all these like famous, like, to me, they were like these bigger idols and they still are of like Asian American music that I couldn't find anywhere else. Like, um, sure. I like loved Kanye and Pharrell and Timbaland for their production. I loved like um, Paramore for the catchy, you know, melodies and and, and and angst whatever it might be right but uh it wasn't until I saw someone that looked like me that I was like dang like this is possible so that one of my first instruments was ukulele it was just typical for a for a Phil Am or Filipino who who wants to do music um and then from there I started playing drums and guitar and the story goes on and I just remember like writing my first song called spend it with you back in like 2013 it was for a girl course <laughs> well, me uh to ask her to prom and it worked out uh yeah. uh but she actually uh secretly didn't slow dance with me refused it it was terrible Ooh. but like it, but then from there bro it, it everything spawned man like my inspiration to write more sad songs before sad boy was a thing i made the mm. most sad boy songs after That's that, a real sad boy moment when like she don't slow dance with you and you're yeah. like, I got a whole album out of this one right now. Mm-hmm. Can I cuss? Can I cuss on here? Bro, you can say whatever you want. That Just... shit still haunts me to this day. Like, <laughs> goddamn. Um, 
I... You know, I was like thinking about this though. That's because when you get like heartbreak at that age, you have never felt that before. So you oh feel my that goodness. so it's much a, deeper. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Now, I'll just say I've definitely healed from it, but uh, <laughs> obviously. Fine, um, you can name her name. You can say her name right now. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. It's, a, it's an old friend. Um, but uh, anyway. <laughs> um, and then the whole, whole production side of things wasn't until like uh, later on in that same year of junior year into senior year um my friend pinso and i uh pinso is an old high school friend and another friend frank and a bunch of these people that i grew up with in high school and middle school like just wanted to make a mixtape and it was it worked out because like we had a grad project to do in our high school and like you know what to do then just make a mixtape it was it was terrible music obviously (laughs) when we were kids and like making it but like it was so much fun like the creation and it was my first time collaborating with people it was like all like you know mac miller-esque rap and a bunch of kids all sorts of people from different like friend groups in high school would like come through and in my basement to record freestyles and it was, it was, it was just a really youthful time and i still cherish those moments to this day even though some of these guys i haven't talked to in years but the, 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 the core memory of like just creating with friends um, soon spawned into just me wanting to do it further. And it was from there, I like just produced for people. I can't even like consolidate it in, a, in, in, in such a small amount of time. But yeah, it, it was always just me wanting to create. Um, and I just to, for more quick context, I don't think I even technically started until like yeah late 2017 early 2018 when I first started putting out solo material because before that I was just producing for other people um and uh yeah I I remember like um just being able to just put out stuff and people were like rocking with it and whatever and then I really didn't realize that it was like a like a, a I mean yes I did realize it was a thing I could do but like the the I, I did not expect to be put on some Spotify playlists when I put out uh, Acura and, and the song called Peach Sun. And it just inspired me to keep going because I, I knew I was doing something right, even though like I was just doing it just to create. Sure, there was always that goal of like, oh, I want to be a pop star one day. But, you know, as, as you get older and like as life continues to humble you more and like obviously with the past freaking few years of, whatever you know obviously we know what we're talking about but like mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's just really cool to just make make stuff and then people liking the stuff you make you know it's it really has boiled down to just the simplicity of it all you know mm-hmm. so. yeah at the end of the day like that's what it's really all about you know and if you're like not like you know I feel like a lot of people nowadays are like very focused on like the going viral aspect and they're like trying to like, (laughs) uh, yeah, but yeah. And it's like, I don't know, like even, even people will like make things with the intent of like, oh, like this will be like a nice 15 second thing that could make a nice TikTok sound. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, sorry to interrupt, but like, uh, I, course tiktok is such a powerful tool and i i definitely don't um i definitely see the the amount of things that it can do but yeah i I think one and this may be the old head in me but i miss when it was full albums that were being put out 
and it, instead of like these rushed like TikTok ready hits that while they're fun it i just miss the the album experience or like um just people actually taking time to uh not to say that these people aren't taking time to, to take care of their craft but there there's a sense of like of uh, fl- uh there's a sense of fleetingness to it you know what i mean yeah um, but we're still living through it so i can't even speak too much you know i just i just have my reservations for what it does to people get burned out easily and all that type of stuff but that's that's a whole other thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's the reality of how like the music industry is now it's just like it's so influenced by tiktok oh okay so all right we talked about the whole you know your journey of how you got here but i know you really want to talk about like the new era of lukey sure absolutely (laughs) okay so I haven't really put out new material since uh, late 2021 and I wouldn't even consider those singles like the main stuff even though I, I'm proud of Top Down because that's with, with Baby Boy Blue uh, and my friend Rich and then I had a song Oceana with my friend Jules or uh, she goes by Kina. Those songs were were just songs I remember making during lockdown and it was just like it just felt good to have those out finally but this new stuff that i'm currently working on to circle back on what i was saying with uh with now the the conscious approach to write with intent and more substance this material is my most vulnerable um it's my most experimental and i just feel like it's it's it represents me fully and i stand proudly by it and it's like a lot of music that deals with um first love uh dealing and coping with uh the trauma that comes with the stuff after it and even like the subsequent like small things after and then like besides the you know the cheesy love romance theme stuff a lot of it's coming of age um centered and uh a lot of it also is influenced by me coming to terms with my identity as a filipino but also the solidarity that we need to have with with other people other minority groups especially in the context of the landscape that we've witnessed um, in the last two years of just injustice and systemic uh, institutions that are designed to to not cater to a specific group of people. And it's like, it's so important, especially as artists to, to highlight these things. While I know every artist is different and every artist has their own, you know, subset of responsibilities, I feel like it's, it's so important for everyone to to decipher and break down the things that connect us and the things that have disconnected us and how to to remedy or at least you know address those very things that um that have divided us so much and 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 so forth so a lot of it i'm not saying you know it's all political but by virtue it, it is it does deal with a lot of like especially in my you know my own perspective as a as an immigrant myself and 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 seeing like um some of my close friends like get attacked during that time frame you know um and the importance of of standing with the people that need you to stand with them uh yeah just a lot of very like i think it's my most mature body of work and a lot of it 
while it's it's uh, serious in tone, it's also really fun too. A lot of it uh, blends like my typical indie bedroom pop sensibilities, but I've been really, uh, uh, really trying to revitalize folk in my own way because I feel like you know there's a there's a definitely a, a trend of a lot of Asian uh, artists in general that that unfortunately get boxed into this uh, the specific form of R&B and pop that I, I'm I just hear it's kind of oversaturated so a lot of what my intentions are with this project is to kind of break those molds like the same way how Kanye from from a graduate uh, graduation going into 808s and heartbreaks, how like that changed the way R&B and even hip hop obviously uh, shifted people's person or uh, perspectives on what's considered hip hop or just stuff like that. And I, I could t- I can go on forever, but um, in a lot of ways, I want to be able to show not only just Filipino Americans but anyone who's listening to me uh, that you can blend. R&B like 2000s R&B with like folk sounds and and even like dabble in like some some classic rock and roll but not in a way that is very you know white centric like there's a way to innovate these very like what would usually be white tropes of music and make them and kind of ironically in a way appropriate those to make it um ours just the because I don't think there's there's definitely a growing uh set of people that an artist and I'm also fans of that are not uh abiding by these like tropes that they're expected to be in uh so you have anybody you want to shout out like artists I'm listening to yeah man um uh Dijon is definitely one of my most favorite one of my favorite artists right now he's like an incredible singer-songwriter dabbling in um folk and like kind of r&b in a way that's like almost springsteen-esque uh and that i know that that sounds like a interesting uh collage of sounds because it is and he has this album called absolutely that it blew me away and I'm, i've been a fan of his for years but yeah dijon um I, i've always like ichiko ioba guitar player uh that i've loved um there's this guy named boy life that i've been really listening to kind of in the same vein as dijon um and of course i'm listening to a lot of like the greats so like Joni mitchell um even like simon and garfunkel i'm I'm really trying to tap into like old americana in a way that like it with my face on if that makes sense you know i feel like it's not too common to see a a filipino american let alone an asian american kind of dabble in the the i don't know folk yeah bear type sound and i think that it's necessary for us to like experiment especially coming from where where i'm from it's like like rural suburbs i'm definitely influenced i'm not not like a huge country fan of course a lot of it's cringe to me but like there's a lot of good southern soul that like i been really just fascinated by recently that i just want to like pay homage to and respectfully of course Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I, yeah. I I'm still processing the 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 way I'm doing the albums. But yeah, yeah I mean you're st- you're still in the middle of making it, right? So it's yeah. not like you can say like, okay, this is my finished body of work and this is what it is. Yeah, 
just know it's it's my most vulnerable and it's it's the most proud I've stood by um, a body of work in a long time. It's been five plus years in the making of this project. Really? And another project too. But yeah. 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 It's from what you said, it definitely sounds like mature. And I'm interested to hear what it sounds like because the way you talk about it, I'm like, I i'm interested to see how, like how all these different influences like come together me too dude no. <laughs> <laughs> nah nah i mean i'm always a firm believer in no weird idea is ever a, if you had a if you have a weird idea like there's a way to do it right i i firmly believe that no matter how odd it is you know what i mean like it it there's always a way I, f- I firmly believe that there's always a way to make something work, even, no nice. matter how bizarre it, it, it sounds. You know what I mean? And that goes for any medium. It doesn't have to be music. It could be painting. Uh, it could be a, a certain design, uh, a tactic in how you market something. It, it, there, there's, there's always a way. And it, mm-hmm. it's only possible if you l- allow yourself to risk, to take the risks. You know what I mean? And that's Oh yeah, that, I think I guess it's the the best way to put it. My, it's my riskiest but most proud body of of work that I'm excited to share in the very near future. Risky and proud. It's risky lovely. and proud. Risky and proud. Sort of when it comes to like conceptualizing the album before, like when you decide to make like okay, uh, what I want to do is I don't want to just like pop out a bunch of signals or singles. I want to like make an actual like you know coherent album here. Because uh, you mentioned like a bunch of different themes, you mentioned like a bunch of different like sounds that uh, you wanted to incorporate. So, like, mm-hmm. what's sort of the thought process like about okay, uh, like here's where I'm starting out at, and then I'm gonna branch it out by making it, you know, about my identity and also about like you know racial justice and also Joni Mitchell influence and also Green Day and like you know all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um. In terms of the cohesion of it all, like I, again, like I throw everything up, but then like I find ways to to patch everything to make to make it make sense. But it's, it, specifically speaking for these, uh, this project that I'm currently working on, it's it's a concept I've had the base for for years, and it's only just like putting it all together, um, and and stitching it in kind of the cinematic way. The way I like write music is. I try to incorporate other mediums of thought into it. So like, I I like to make music as if it was like a a cinematic experience or watching a movie or watching a a series front to back, reading a series back front to back, you know? And, and sequencing is, is important to me. I'll sometimes the the best song that I I love might have to like be cut out because it doesn't make sense within the, the the narrative of it all but sometimes down the line that might fit into this thing better you know i always i will i always say maybe there's no there's no no for me if that makes sense unless it it really is so severely bad like bad in in terms of uh sequencing but no I'm, i'm always like it's like uh how do i describe this I have, I just have an archive of different things that like, oh, I had this from 2017. It fits here in this 2020 production I had, but now I have the perspective that I've had for like the past two years, whatever I can write 
I can have my 2022 perspective and the experiences I've had over these older songs that I've been, I just didn't know what to do with. Now that they make sense. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how I, I guess I sequence it and make all the, the concepts make sense over time to make a, a full body of work. Got it. If you were like trying to describe like the narrative to like a friend, like at this stage of the album, like how would you sort of give that? Yeah. Um, the stage of it where it's at now, it's uh, uh, realistic or uh, literally speaking, it's definitely near incompletion. Uh, but uh, artistically speaking, it's um, it's definitely figuring itself out still. It's a it's like a a living breathing entity that I'm kind of letting it breathe like it, literally speaking when I like stay away from listening to the, the music for a while I like let it inform itself over time to decipher if like oh this is this is this is the test of time and it's it and it's still good and if it's not then I go back to it and like tweak a b c whatever it might be production writing even the mixing stuff like that I don't know how to transition into this, but I want to ask about your video game. <laughs> oh, shoot. No, wait, we can, we can transition. Um, so the, 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 so if, if you're not familiar, um, I am also dabbling in like indie game design currently, which has always been a childhood dream of mine. I've dabbled in it years and years ago, but it wasn't until this past January that I was able to just tell me, let's do it. Why, why don't you do it? And it does kind it does coincide parallel to the projects that I'm currently working on. The narrative of the, the albums is canon with the game. So in a way that music video served the, uh, the world building and universe building of like say an artist song or album rollout, this, this uh, indie game project of mine tentatively called Lukeyverse, I know. <laughs> narcissistic whatever <laughs> but nah, nah, it's good it's good <laughs> it's um it, it coincides with the the narrative uh in a much more exaggerated spirited away studio ghibli adventure time esque way i would say it's very it's just just uh a hodgepodge of all my influences in one big grand project i'd say are yeah. you like coding it yourself or like i am yeah uh that's a lot so of sick hold up like mm -hmm. Yeah, talk more. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. Um, I, 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 mean, I do have a, a background in Python and Java during undergrad, um, but the the language is is in Game Maker, and I believe it's C sharp. Um, and I do all the pixel art myself. It's like kind of in the style of like a Undertale slash Earthbound slash Pokemon top down game, and a lot of the sound design is also by me. Um, and yeah, a, a lot of it is uh without spoiling too much is related to the narrative uh of the album in the style of like an rpg so like if you know games like final fantasy or even like the the zaniness of like smash brothers and just like all the classic like mario sonic franchises and just like the aesthetic of that and then pair it with like game mechanics of like Call of Duty Zombies or an Undertale and just like a bunch of like if, if you're familiar in, in gaming that's like the best way I can illustrate it all it's it's just very 
much me within this very specific niche medium i'd say that's really cool so are you planning to like release the game to promote the music or like vice versa or the goal and the goal so the context the game game development takes so long mm-hmm. the goal and intention is to have something out with the album that aids it visually and if it, at most at least a demo or like a how i know so the the developer of undertale this is like really popular indie game mm-hmm. um it is has released this new series called delta rune and it's in chapters so it's like one full it's a game but like released in separate applications if that makes sense mm-hmm. and i'd say the same way because this is something i really want to continue doing um it would just be like a sliver of like gameplay that is related to the narrative of whatever i'm you know uh, uh, and i'm doing yeah yeah so what's the premise of the game so the whole this whole theme so i have this album called spirit that came out in 2019 um in the in the lukey narrative cinematic universe whatever you want to call it um lukey has lost his spirit uh in the last three years obviously a reference to just my personal life and everything that's happened up until this point um but in the narrative like uh the spirit that is uh once was inside the character has disseminated and got like basically dispersed in, in different parts of his memories so like the goal is to like collect all the spirits whilst fending off against like these creatures and whatever monsters whilst also doing side quests for friends um this is a bunch of like uh exploration type thing like i'd say like a uh, a Zelda Breath of the Wild level amb- of ambition and uh, exploration. That's yeah. very cool. I can't wait to play it. So yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'll try to have it available for like PC first, and then if things go well, uh, past Steam, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, PS. I don't know, whatever it might be, you know. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm shooting it. I'm shooting for it. All right. That's so cool. That, you know, like of all the people who say they're doing it all, like that is literally Mm -hmm. like doing everything. Like you have like visual media, interactive media, like auditory, man, that's so impressive. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's trying, man. Uh, In hopes that other people can see it and be like okay i can do that too and that's like my whole thing because if when i saw my idols doing it on youtube and even past youtube now like i was like i was inspired to do and moved in a way and i just want to do the same especially for not just the filipino community but just the artist community as a whole um i'm just i'm 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 a very i'm a big advocate for just community and just like showing people the way without gatekeeping like this is this is this works you know what i mean like you can do like it's cliche and it's tiring to hear but i it, it's true when i say if you really want to do something you will make time for that no matter what it is all right so we like to close on a little bit of rapid fire round uh so first question um who's your dream artist collab tor et moi easily okay all right That's easily Boats, planes, trains, or cars? Did you say boats, planes, trains, or cars? Yes, pick one. 
boats. Okay. We haven't had boats Good in a answer. while. But like, yeah. I think that's the correct one. Yeah. I like it. It's absolutely the correct one because I said yeah. it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, All right. Yeah. I like the no, coffee. Okay. Uh, top three Kanye albums. Oh my God. You got to <laughs> do this to me? <laughs> yeah. All right. Dark Twisted Fantasy, number one. Correct. Um, uh, it's hard, I, right? It's, it's so hard. hard. I, I thought about this a while ago, too, though. Um, God. Ugh. Uh, I would say Late Registration, number two. Okay. And then 808. God, that's a hard question. I hate you for that. Ed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, love uh, Kanye. Kanye, man. <laughs> that's all i'll say yeah that's, that's all you gotta say <laughs> that's all i gotta say that's all you gotta, okay um what is one venue that's your dream venue to play the roxy in la um madison square garden yeah msg that'd be crazy i don't know what i would do <laughs> but I'll, I'll figure it out you know um yeah I, I, I'm not, you know, it's crazy. I'm not too familiar with a lot of venues, but that's the, those are the first two that came to mind. Just like big, iconic ones. Yes. Like yeah. Back in a stadium. Out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, MSG would be like sick because just because like all the seats that you got in, it's like some 20,000 people. Like, oof, yeah. And just know. the most iconic things have happened there too. Like, Obviously, like with the Pablo release, hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sound such like a Kanye standard now because that's the only that, thing. That I was the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, oh, yeah, Kanye played there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like MSG just also because like I do have plans of like, I love stage design too, you know. Anyway, lightning round. I can talk, talk about that another time. <laughs> no, actually, our next question is like, what? I, what's talk about your ideal stage design? Stage design? Sure. Uh, I want all my homies, aka my band, in this little cube, uh, and then like cutouts of like the art I've made, and like just hella TVs of like quite possibly the game play or like I was think this is something I tested out actually a couple of years ago, real quick. Um, when I was starting out, I, I had made this really cheesy space shooter. It was like Galaga. And I was performing this really experimental set at Vox Populi here in Philly. And I had a projector. I had a laptop on in the bottom of the stage. While I performed, people could play the game and it would be the one thing that projected in the background. So like, it'd be sick. Like why perform? That's so cool. If like I could distribute like controllers and or something that maybe just from your phone that can like influence the visual aspect kind of like how I know people have played Minecraft at festivals, I think mm -hmm. stuff like that, but no, that could work really well. Actually, that's, oof. I need you to become like yes. famous. So someone can give you the budget <laughs> for that. Like, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. It'll happen in some capacity for sure. Uh, what's your preferred instrument? Guitar. Respect. Yes, sir. Um, what was your favorite part about the Philippines? Palawan, man. Uh, beautiful island, clean water, um, really friendly local community that 
uh, you got to be befriend there. It was so pretty. It was so pretty. I know it's very touristy of me to say, could be problematic, but no, it it, it was a just a beautiful time out in like the beach, the beach nearby, and everything. It was it's a great time. And of course, the family. I'm I'm sorry. I did. I just said <laughs> I said a lot one before. Wow. Uh, the, no, because family's implied. Like everybody knows. Uh, family. They're gonna right. listen to this and they're gonna be like. I will. I, I will say though, uh, seeing my two grandmothers and uh, my one step grandfather for sure. That's that is always an emotional mm. thing. Like I haven't seen them in. Well, the the step grandfather and step grandmother. I haven't seen them in like five years. And then I, I, the last time I saw my Lola on my mom's side who lived with us all like all their life, like growing up here in America, uh, moved back in 2019. Yeah. Right before the pandemic, actually January, mm-hmm. 2020, excuse me. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just wow. got out. Just, just got out. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. That's wild. I like that question. Thanks so much. I, I miss the Philippines. Like hello. Uh, I'm gonna start some trouble. Um, you said you got siblings, right? Yeah, <laughs> trouble. Yes, I do got siblings. Yes. Who's the favorite child? No. Wait, out of the three, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, out of the three. Yo, even my mom, or even even my sister and my brother know this. Shout out Elisa and Kiwi. My mom definitely knows that I'm the. First. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for context. I'm the first child. Uh, makes sense. But nah, my mom will, my mom and my dad will especially say in that those like moments of pressure, they're like, no, we love all of you. Of course we love you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you but lie. you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, but no, they're, they're all favorited in their own respected ways, for sure. That's what we tell the losers. I get it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to cut off this round before it gets any more on it. Uh, okay. So, Look, we always end on the same two questions. Uh, so first and foremost, you know, you talk about uh, album five years in the making. You're putting like a lot of thought and effort. You got like a video game release going to it. Uh, any plans to submit that for Grammy consideration? Whew. How do you know? How, how does that process work? So, I, just, I just upload? I don't know. <laughs> so I we found to- out, like, uh, if you know anybody in the RIAA, like or uh-huh. anybody affiliated with that right um you can like some just like tell them to like submit your work because like they have access to the nomination thing so the cool thing is like uh one of our guests like this is a joke question we always ask and somebody asked said like yeah it was actually submitted before and we're that's like what and they're like yeah and <laughs> i got a free ticket to the grammys out of it um even though i wasn't that's nominated for anything. so yeah check your contacts see if you know anybody I know. will absolutely do that. I, I appreciate the insight. That's sick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would. I mean, why not? I'm trying to win against uh, Chris Brown. Yeah. Nav, you know? Yes. <laughs> I like how that's your new competition is Chris Brown and Nav right there. Listen, I think you can clean up, man. You can clean up out there. All right. 
Well, if that's your competition, then, you know, naturally, <laughs> you know what we got to do next, you know, here at the Opus podcast, we're all about trying to promote that indie artist, get them ready for the next level. And like, you know, once you dust up Chris Brown, put Nav back to sleep, send him back to Canada where he belongs, oh you're going to be on that Grammy stage. And, you know, in preparation for that, why don't you give your, uh, you know, Grammy album acceptance award uh, speech right now? <laughs> This is a thing, y'all. This is sick. Oh, wait. Um, okay, so I'm supposed to be giving my speech right now? Yeah, you're supposed to be giving your speech. <clears throat> Listen, man. Uh, I just want to say shout out, fam. Shout out one time to, to your Bamate. I would not like to thank the Academy. <laughs> I know that's a different thing, but. <laughs> I'm not uh nah but all jokes aside i'm grateful to those who have who have rocked with me all these years it's a humble pleasure to to just be able to be me and i hope you were able to find you somewhere in between um don't ever stop believing in yourself cliche as it is like it goes a long way when you tell someone you're great. It goes a long way when you tell someone you should try this and continue at it. If if it wasn't for um, specific people in my life telling me that I should, that I, I, I'm talented and I can sing, even though I have the worst imposter syndrome, I don't think I would be at the position I'm in now. And I'm in for, I'm forever in debt, forever in debt to those people, even the ones that broke my heart, man. Shout out that girl who didn't uh, slow dance with me. <laughs> um, no, but all jokes aside, yeah, everything shapes you and lean into that. I'm just thankful. That's it. Very, very, very thankful all the time. Man, you just drop poetry in there. Like, that's, <laughs> I see like where your talent as a writer is really coming out. Like, all right, I get it. I get it. <laughs> nah, I, I mean, I, people know this. I'm such a, a dickhead in, in in most social situations, but uh, whenever I try to be serious, I I, I fail because <laughs> I'm just <laughs> not serious. No, but th- I, I appreciate that for real. Like that means a lot. Like I like whether that was like a, a funny sarcastic joke or not. I I do. No, no, for real, for real. Yeah. That was like, <laughs> I actually like that whole like you know. I hope you found yourself like in it. And I was yeah, like, man. Yeah that's really good i like you know if there's anything i want to leave uh this with it's um i want to be what i needed growing up and i think that's just such a not just music but like we have to i think it's imperative that us as human beings as we continue growing um, to remember that we were once 10, we were once seven, we were once five, these inner children in us still exist. Um, and that if there was anything that was missing in that childhood that you know, you really want to go for it, make your inner child happy. And I think um, th- doing what I'm doing now, um, it would be insane to see if like a, a seven year old, 17 year old version of myself look at me and be like what wow that was that that happened that's and that's something i hope everyone feels in their life like even if like it's not the best ideal situation 
whether it's financially, career-wise, or just like whatever, whatever it is you're going through, I hope you, you being here is a testimony itself that like you are doing it. You know what I mean? Regardless. And I'm saying this so intentive, like intentfully, regardless of the, the chapter you are in your life, like look, like take a, like ask a seven or 17 year old, 10 year old, 12 year old version of yourself. Like, and like that kid will look up to you. I promise you, no matter how crazy it's been, because it's like you went through that. You know what I'm saying? And and that's I think that's one of the most healing things that we can do to ourselves in a time where we're so riddled with trauma, all this like and and you know, the context of all the violence going on, like there's there just gotta protect the kid that we once were, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure, man. For sure. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Uh, shout out where the people can follow you. Um, I just changed my socials like three times, but I'm, I think I'm set with this. Um, well, hi guys. If you're listening, I'm Lukey, um, Filipino American artist based in Philly currently. Um, if you're interested in my music or my work, um, you can find me on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, just type in L-U-K-E-Y. Um, uh, I am on Instagram uh, and Twitter. And my handle, I believe, is Lukiako, which is L-U-K-E-Y-A-K-O. Um, if you're really interested in more in-depth stuff, what I'm doing, I have a website. It's just luki.cc. Um, and you can find updates on like my video game on all the, these, uh, social medias and just everything that I'm up to. Um, I'm just living, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> no pedestal needed or, or even warranted in the first place. I'm just trying as like any other person is shout out to you guys. Shout out to Opus. Thank you guys for having me much love. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And you know, I'm gonna say this like as we're closing out, a lot of people try and uh you're doing, man. And it really yeah. does show. It really shows. Right. Thank you. No, it's a privilege to to be able to be here with y'all for sure. Awesome. Well, y'all know what to do. Uh go follow him on social, go stream him on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your uh music, run up, await that album, await that video game, make sure you play it. I, I like how that works in both contexts. <laughs> it's all right. right. Uh, our theme song is Underground Stars by Locks Beats. We'll take it easy, guys. Take it easy. High five. Yeah. High five. Opus okay. out.